0: Welcome in, everybody. It is the Huddle Up Podcast presented, as always, by Mile High Huddle, empowered by Blue Wire Podcast. I'm your host, Chad Jensen, with me, my fellow football priest, co-host, and the deputy editor of milehighhuddle.com, Zach Kelberman. Zach, today, the Denver Broncos announced a flurry of hires. We've covered it all day long at the site, milehighhuddle.com. We got an OC hire. We got a QBs coach slash pass game coordinator hire. And we've got an O-line hire, which officially signals Mike Munchak is no more in Denver. I know it might be the least sexy topic, but I want to start with
1: that. Is How big of a deal is that to you, losing Munchie? See, that's where I think I'm in the minority, because I don't think he was this wizard like Broncos country paints him out to be. He did a decent job with Garrett Bowles, but even Bowles, largely regressed after getting his big contract. He never worked wonders, mostly at guard, especially with Reisner, who never fit his scheme. They are rotating right tackles, so I don't think it's going to be this devastating loss that some Broncos fans think. And the coach they got, Butch Berry, who is a Niners assistant or now former Niners assistant, he just meshes better with Hackett's West Coast philosophies and what Hackett wants to do on offense. And maybe they'll unlock uh, Dalton Reisner at the next level, get him up to uh, a capable starter again, maybe Natani Muti or Graham Glasgow playing center, Cushenberry playing center. I think this could be an upgrade because Hackett is getting his own guys. If he didn't want Mike Munchak, he's not being saddled with Mike Munchak. And I don't think it's uh, that much of a loss. It could be an upgrade.
0: Listen up, Broncos Country. Tick Pick should be your first choice to buy football tickets because they save fans money by never charging any service fees ever. Tick Pick is the exclusive ticketing partner for the Huddle Up podcast.
1: And ticket site TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price.
0: That's right guys when we were searching for tickets for the MHH meet and greet for week three at home Broncos versus Jets TickPick had us locked down so visit TickPick.com huddle today and use the promo code huddle to save $10 on your first order of Broncos tickets. He wants that wide zone and you know, he went to the source, and the, I don't mean by any stretch Alex Gibbs, but the Shanahan tree, right, to grab this this fellow we're going to talk about here, uh, Butch Berry. But here's the press release, all right, and we have it officially, Zach Settled, how to pronounce this cat's name. The new offensive coordinator of your Denver Broncos Outen. goes by the name of Justin Outen. Like, ow, that hurt. Justin Outen, 16-year coaching vet. Uh, Clint Kubiak. Well, we'll get to Barry. Clint Kubiak, who has now eight NFL seasons under his belt as a coach, is the quarterback's coach slash passing game coordinator. And then we've got this fella, Barry. Now, I think most Bronco fans, even if they lost sight, Zach, of Clint Kubiak when he uh, took his little sojourn to Minnesota with Pops, uh, or at least have a base familiarity with Clint Kubiak. But let's talk about Barry for just a second. We'll get to Outen, but... He's coached O-line for 13 years, 20 total seasons of coaching experience. And here's where it's key. All right. Here's why he's interesting. First of all, he served as an assistant O-line coach for the Niners this past season, uh, which pre- was preceded by Green Bay. So you got the Shanahan LaFleur thing going on and Tampa Bay back in you know 2015 through 18. And then, of course, he coached Trent Williams this past season to a ninth Pro Bowl nod. Trent Williams will end up in the Hall of Fame. But Um, I know, Zach, from what I've been told by little birdies, that uh, Chris Cooper, the previous assistant O-line coach, interviewed for the full-time position, didn't get it. And he might not be as, um, I don't know. I would say he's as experienced as, as Barry is in the wide zone because he actually executed it as a former right guard in the Mike Shanahan scheme. But I like each one of these hires. I have my misgivings about letting Munchak go, although I don't think it's the end of the world.
1: Well, as I wrote in the article today about Barry, he the, the Niners offensive line was top 16, top half in the NFL in sacks allowed. They were top 10 in rushing offense, so he did a really good job in San Francisco, and he has familiarity. He was a senior analyst in Green Bay in 2020 where he overlapped with Hackett. I, I understand letting Munchak go. I understand letting Cooper go. It's don't retain any of the stench from the Vic Fangio era. Get it out of the building, Febreze it, you know, dangle one of those things you put on taxi cab, uh, <laughs> rear view mirrors. You got to get the Vic Fangio era out and well, hack it to pick his own guys. It's just better for cohesion. It's better to install his scheme. And I think better for offensive production overall. Scott,
0: do you still have that super that we let languish for a second there? I want to give him a shout out. Max power. Thank you, buddy for getting an early super chat in from across the pond. He says, evening fellas, personally, I'm not sad to see Munchak go. Feel like he did not develop players besides Bulls and maybe minors out with the old. Yeah, I totally feel you. Wow. The 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 biggest thing that I my misgiving the source of my misgiving on letting him hit the bricks isn't so much about, you know, he's a he's considered to be a top one, two, three, O-line coach in the league. It's that he brought managerial head coach experience to the table for a younger first-time head coach who's assembling a younger staff up to this point. I think it would have been nice to have that as a resource. But, Zach, we know a little nugget from uh, Mike Cliss. The Broncos actually, when they fired Vic Fangio, did not fire Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer has been basically in limbo, waiting to hear what the new head coach is going to decide. Nathaniel Hackett picked up the phone and informed Pat Shermer that he's being fired. Would you have not loved to have been a fly on that wall?
1: The legend grows, you know, already. Uh, DeMax Power and I, we just become best friends because we're finally agreeing on a topic here. I I don't see Munchak as the, you know, it's like what Vic Fangio regards himself as the mastermind of defense. That's how Mike Munchak was regarded for offensive line. I never saw it personally. And in terms of minors, He was a third-round pick. Shouldn't he have been fairly plug-and-play out of the box? You know, how much development could he have really needed? I don't think it warrants keeping Munchak and saddling him with Nathaniel Hackett. Two different schemes. I mean, that's the biggest factor here. Munchak is not what Hackett wants to do. And I love that George Payton has signed off on giving Hackett full autonomy in installing what he wants to do. It's a new day in Broncos country. Love it.
0: Um, We're also going to get an update tonight here in just a few minutes from Scott, who is in Mobile, Alabama, at the Senior Bowl. He's been there for days one and two of practices to get some insight on some risers, fallers, guys to keep an eye on for your Denver Broncos. Nathan jumping in. First, we'll grab Scott here in just a minute. Nathan jumping in. Thoughts on
1: Washington's new name, Zach? Uh, It's it's typical Washington fashion, though, for the name to get leaked a day before the announcement because a a helicopter zoomed in on the team's store and, and found it hanging on the wall. I don't love commanders if that's what it is. And they're shortening it to commies for, you know, if they want to, <laughs> they want to keep it short. I don't think that's, it's, it's very Daniel Snyder's very on brand, but they had other options they could have gone with. I like warriors. They had red tails. I even was growing accustomed to football team. I thought that was kind of unique in a sense. So I'm not crazy about commanders, but it doesn't matter to me.
0: I don't know. I think it's kind of cool to be honest with you in terms of, you know, they're, they represent our nation's capital and, that's where politicians and leaders that are elected command you know, this, that, and the other. I don't know. I can see it. You talk about Washington, George Washington, for which the city is named, of course, the great commander all time for these United States. Far I kind of like it. I don't know
1: how well. It almost sounds like a USFL team, though, Zach. And they look like, when well, you see the jerseys, I mean, it, they ripped off the Terrapins jersey. The alternate uniform is straight out of the XFL, USFL Again, very on brand for Daniel Snyder, but I'm not a fan. And I wouldn't be a fan if I was a fan of that team.
0: Yeah, I'm just seeing the pictures now of the the new logos, the new jersey look. I mean, we'll see. We'll see. It's just kind of good to have – to me, it's kind of fun to have a different – a new name to kind of talk about, even though it's the same old football team. Mike Reno, appreciate you, big dog. He says, welcome back, Chad and Zach. Excited to hear your opinions on these hires. You know, I think the out and hire is a home run. It wasn't, from what we've heard, it wasn't Hackett's first choice. Stenovich, who was the uh, O-line coach in Green Bay, who they blocked Hackett from talking to because that's who they wanted to promote to OC to replace him because the quarterback's coach, Luke Getze, got the Chicago Bears OC job. That It sounds like, Zach, Stenovich was his first choice, but... You know, that's not how he's going to bill it. The next time Nathaniel Hackett goes on record about hiring Justin Outen, I'm sure we're going to be told that this was the guy I wanted all along. This is one of my protégés on staff in Green Bay. You know, uh, we share a brain. And I'm sure a lot of that is true. I'm sure a lot of it is.
1: I don't think it matters too much, again, because Hackett's calling his own plays, but what does it say about um, Outen that they went and picked up a former OC in Clint Kubiak and brought him aboard as the quarterback's coach and passing game consultant? I like the Outen hire. I really do. Um, What does it mean, though, for Wade Harmon, uh, who he crossed paths with in Atlanta? They both worked together. He was a tight ends coach out and was with Green Bay, and now he's going to be the offensive coordinator. So they, is he going to pull double duty, or is he going to keep Harmon around? These are all questions that Hackett has to answer. But so far, I love the way the staff is uh, taking taking shape.
0: Appreciate you, Joshua. Appreciate you, uh, Clayton. Also, he wants to know, what would, what would we grade the hirings? One of our great supporters on Facebook. Um, I'll give the assistance up to this point. I'll give, because it's an A-plus, Nathaniel Hackett. No getting around it. So far with what we know about the guys, I'm not like Gaga going crazy over it, the hires, but I think they're all, they all spring off the right coaching trees and what we know about these coaches relative to their background and all that stuff. I would give it like a solid B just because, you know, it's a position, these are position coaches that are being promoted in, 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 with the exception of Clint Kubiak um, to, you know, bigger stations, bigger positions. And until they get that coordinator stop, it's a little bit harder to fully tell you, is this a great hire or not? But on the surface, all of the factors to me, Zach, add up. Doesn't wow me, but it does give me confidence that, you know, you can start kind of seeing the picture take shape of how Nathaniel Hackett envisions this offense.
1: Yeah, I think first and foremost, the only hire that really matters is Nathaniel Hackett. Some of the Broncos, they, they smash that one. They get an A-plus for that. That's what's most important. I would say B to B plus. I like the the youth movement, Chad. They went from old and curmudgeonly to you know young and they have a, a, a head coach now that was a breakdancer. So it's it's a different culture in the Broncos building. But Clint Kubiak is an intriguing hire for Denver because it seems like they're getting him at a discount of sorts. You're getting a former coordinator with the Vikings who did wonders if you look at Kirk Cousins' stats. And in that offense, they were putting up points. They were top half of the league in every major category for the most part. He had a good run last year, and they're getting him as quarterbacks coach and specifically passing game coordinator. That's a coup for someone like Nathaniel Hackett to have on his staff in that role while also getting out his his guy, his protege from Green Bay.
0: Travis Tarbox is excited for the staff. He says it seems like we're finally going to get up the current – Going to get up the current and future NFL. Yeah, and by the way, I saw a few people wanting to see what these Washington jerseys look like. Here you go. Here's the Washington Commanders. So bad. So there there you have it. What's with
1: the Commanders text like above the number? And then look at the logo, which isn't even in the word Commanders. It's a W. I don't like it at all. F.
0: Yeah, I would have gone with something a little bit more. I mean, how would you evoke Commander, right? If you think about it like... Uh, all right. Broncos, it's a horse head chiefs. It's an arrowhead. How would you evoke a commander though? If you were to try a and tank, <laughs> like, there
1: you go. Something, something menacing commanders doesn't make me scared. It's like, okay, maybe like a silhouette of Patton, the general, right. From world war two, like silhouette
0: with the, you know, the, the helmet and everything like that. I don't know. I'm just spitballing here, but there you have it guys. Um, all right. This is a great segue. I think. To bring Scott on because Travis is saying here, uh, and thank you for the stars, big dog. Actually, watching coverage of the senior bowl practices and the show, I was kind of hoping for Trevor Penning at pick nine, but he's on the left side. Well, it just so happens as we, uh, Scott, you ready to go? You good? Okay, let's grab Scott Kennedy, producer here at MHH, co host of the Broncos for breakfast. Scott, appreciate you coming on the show tonight. Appreciate you taking the time to travel down to Mobile we'll talk about penning but first and foremost how has your trip been
2: uh the trip has been good uh I think you know last year was the first year I'd been in a while and I I feel like the talent level overall despite the fact that we talk about this not being necessarily as good a draft class in the top 10 which is you know where the draft class is going to be measured I see more good players down here this year than I did last year I, I really do especially on the interior defensive line. I think there's a big difference between the defensive tackles across the board. There's probably half a dozen guys that are better than anybody that was here last year at all. So uh, I really like what I've seen in the trenches so far. I think the quarterback play is better than what we had at the Senior Bowl last year. <clears throat> um, so it's been a it's been a good trip. The weather was a little rough today. But at least it was a warm rain at 65. But it was yeah. uh, windy and blowing rainy sideways all from all day. You, you today. Yeah, my left side of my pants were soaked up to the hips so but I'm an I'm an OG so I I walk people looking at me enviously as I had a big golf umbrella that I'd stuck in my belt so I still had two it looked like a giant hat on my head uh people oh you're smart like it's it's nice being able to drive someplace and pack all the stuff that you might need and as far as what they do in Washington and if you want to reflect you know, what What the politicians do. I think the Washington Pirates would have been a much better – or Raiders, but that was already taken. Uh, um, ravagers. Thieves uh, is probably yeah. a little too negative of commentation. So yeah. um, scumbags, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> we're, we're, we're going off the rails I was going to say but,
1: Washington empty shelves, Washington high gas prices, oh, you I, know, you Washington know, food shortages. I prefer things. an
2: empty shelf as opposed to the, 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 the crooks in Washington. I'm, I'm, a, well, I'm in the – I think – the guy that wrote uh Moneyball also wrote a book like throw them all out, you know, just dove into all the the corruption on in Washington, It's just, just toss them all out. We but have a clip of here Travis, of a Penning, right? <laughs> yeah, Travis and Trevor Penning. So Trevor is a almost 67 uh 310 pounds left tackle. Uh you see him here with the with the purple helmet on the Northern Iowa and he was a teammate I believe of one of my favorites yeah. uh in Spencer Brown. So having these two guys on here and, uh, this is Tyreek Smith that he's going against on here. And you, what you do is you, you like to see the size. You like to see the footwork. And you like to see a little intensity, maybe a little tiny bit of nasty streak. Tell me if you can spot it in here.
0: I like how low he gets. Oh, Oh snap. Out of the about, end zone. I'm going to throw you into the goalpost. <laughs> you know,
2: and, and take yeah, that that's one with you.
0: that's Bolzian. That's Garrett Bolzian right there. So uh, he's uh, – Look at that guy right now. Do you see what he did next to him, that he, coach? He's like, did you, did you guys see that?
2: The little little face on there. So Trevor, you know, and I think when 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 uh, Travis is saying, but he's on the left side, I, I think you draft – if you're looking for a right tackle, you're just drafting a tackle. You know, this right. is a guy, if you wanted at nine, you think of him as, okay, this might be my long-term replacement for Garrett Bowles down the road. If, one, if, and when his contract expires, I say, okay, I'll take, I'll take Garrett Bowles for, you know, two years or whatnot. And in two years, you know, maybe he's too expensive for me, or, you know, I've got two really good tackles if he plays into, to our him to be. So, uh, some, some good, some good offensive tackles and some very good defensive linemen here as well.
1: Scott, uh, I'm tired of talking about offensive linemen for one podcast. Ain't nobody got time for that. Let's talk about quarterbacks. You saw Malik Willis up close. You've seen some of the other quarterbacks up close. Everyone in Broncos country, they want a quarterback. You know, whether you're a Teddy Bridgewater fan, Drew Locke fan, whoever you sit on that aisle, what have you seen with your own eyes from the quarterbacks in Mobile so far?
2: What I've seen is you do not take a quarterback at nine. That's That's what I've seen. Um, if you take it at nine, you are, have absolutely zero guarantee that you're not in the same situation now that you are in three years and you just missed out on a really good player. So, you know, there's always risks, but when you're talking about top 10, you really want to see those plus abilities. You know, what is plus about this person, you know, with, with a, a corner, you know, you're talking about Pat Sertan, you know, in a six foot plus corner, who's really strong and physical that's plus, you know you take jamar chase or kyle pitts you know those those guys like that micah parsons those guys all have plus physical attributes that just stand out these guys are all nice quarterbacks mm-hmm. they might develop into somebody they're all okay um malik willis has the best arm talent here but it's still erratic as heck it's 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 erratic so and there's too much of, you know, right now I think Sam Howell might be my favorite quarterback of the bunch. But there's still too much one read, tuck and go. And I don't trust anything else after that out of these guys. And that's going to be a problem for at least a year. And you don't want Malik Willis starting for you next year. You don't want Sam Howell starting for you next year. But don't if you take one of these guys at nine, I don't, I don't, I wouldn't advocate that at all, at all. Um, if you've got, you know, a couple of second round picks and you want to try and get a guy in the second, maybe that falls down, maybe Desmond Ritter falls down to you in the second. I like Desmond Ritter a lot out a Cincinnati. I don't like him in nine. Yeah. I don't want any of these guys in the top 10.
0: Very interesting. So that kind of, that kind of speaks to perhaps, or at least reinforces the notion that the Denver Broncos, when push comes to shove, they're going to probably really try to go get a veteran, whether that's Aaron Rodgers or somebody else either that or it's drew lock contract year we're on a honeymoon here the hackett regime and the Peyton regime Peyton, i think still gets a honeymoon one more year
2: well and chad that's what made made you know in going into the draft and immediately after the draft passing on one of the quarterbacks made it so painful was like listen we need a quarterback and when are we going to have a chance to get a quarterback of this caliber again uh, whether it's Mac Jones, whether it's Justin Fields, or maybe I even trade up because I like Trey Lance. Now, obviously, you couldn't get the number one; that was off the board. Number two, who knows with the Jets? Number three, if I'm the Dolphins, you bet your butt I'll take that deal. I'll take three first-round picks to, to to give up one of those guys. Absolutely. Um, but then, you know, Justin Fields and Mac Jones are there for you. And at nine, I think it was nine again last year, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. and you know you need a quarterback, and when is a quarterback like that going to be available for you again as the Denver Broncos? It might not be. Well, we've talked about how expensive it is to get that quarterback. You know, the people who don't want Aaron Rodgers are saying, I want to draft my guy. Well, when do you plan on drafting him? you plan on drafting him this year at 9? Maybe I wait next year, and, you know, I go 500 again at at best because I still don't have a quarterback, and I'm drafting 15 or 16. Maybe I can get one then, you know, so – that's that's the hard part, and that's why I advocate if you've got a shot to get a quarterback, again, within reason, I don't want to give up three first-round draft picks for a 39-year-old quarterback, but within reason, if it's a little bit of a premium, I get it, but when when can you? you know, it, it sounds so easy. We need to draft our franchise quarterback. That sounds easy. Sure, <laughs> yeah. let's do that. Yeah. Where and when and who?
0: It's like building a skyscraper, you know? looks really cool, and it's a phenomenal feat, but you know, if, if a nuclear bomb wiped out the majority of humanity and we were left to rebuild, how many people could really contribute to the engineering and building of a skyscraper? Sorry wish I for have the had tangent. my
2: encyclopedias back. That's what I'd wish. I wish. I want my encyclopedias back since everything's on the Internet now. So Go ahead, Zach.
1: Uh, Scott, we talked about offensive tackle. We talked about quarterback. Uh, many of the people I am, people are asking about edge rusher. Mm -hmm. how many edges have you seen and uh, what are your impressions
2: oh I like these edge rushers and there's a couple of guys that are really standing out I want to show one to you right now um
1: let me see here
2: this one looks like Sam Williams Sam Williams I didn't know who he was now I didn't get a roster with numbers on it until today uh as crazy as that sounds so I watched practice pretty much blind yesterday and I was charting numbers and I could figure out eventually who was who but real quickly I couldn't so I'm like okay great I got a roster there's no number seven on here and from a distance (laughs) it looks like a a Penn State helmet and I'm like I I text Nick I'm like who is the Penn State guy wearing number seven here do some research for me someone's got to be talking about him and uh he goes I think that's Sam Williams from Ole Miss he's got he's got a pure white helmet he says he he probably went there unaffiliated because he had some some off the field issues he says but he's a freak so Hmm. watch how easy Six six and two hundred and sixty pounds of Sam Williams makes this look coming off the edge. Yep. Yeah, that's a, there's your Vaughn head. That's, that's he's a Vaughn. Vaughn. Yep. Okay. Oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Well, you got some agility. I get that. Oh, guess Swing's what? He's got on. hands too. How about a nice yeah. swim move with a punch in the gut? Well, okay. You're on the left side. What if we flip you over to the other side? Yeah, I can go get in your grill too. Um. I'm excited about Sam yeah, Williams.
0: Yeah, that, that dude's interesting.
2: I'm, I'm real excited about Sam Williams. And then another one, uh, Jermaine Johnson is a big guy. He looks – he didn't weigh and measure, but he looks, he looks in the 265, 270 range easy. Someone could probably look him up real quick and tell me, hey, Scott, he's 280. Um, but he's coming off the edge here as well. Uh, transferred from Georgia because he wasn't playing enough. Um, and goes down to Florida State. These are the kind of guys George is giving up because they're not getting time. <laughs> <laughs> Move and, out you know, the way. I say you know there's a there's a phrase that says like film doesn't lie, but it sometimes it can be a little tough to tell how big guys are. Mm-hmm. You know Sam Williams back there. I'm like this guy looks like a safety until he walks back to the to the to the 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 huddle, and he's two inches taller than all the other defensive linemen. You're like good god. So you know watch. Watch Jermaine as he goes back through the crowd. How big he is! <laughs> moving priest. like that,
0: you know, Judas, that's a yeah.
2: little dude.
0: Very interesting. Off the off the opposite side. Yeah, Ooh, just the, the hand, you said. talk about the hands.
2: Yeah, you know about how being able. That was just agility, and I keep I kept your hands off me. Here he's coming off the edge on the on, on his right edge on a play. And it down. They're not supposed to go down. So a lot of times yeah. they'll just touch. But you know, I, I just want you to see. Let's let's get rid of the tight end here, and let me crash down. And you, you think you can run this play by me before I can get there? No, you nice. can't. Yeah. So Jermaine Johnson, Sam Williams, those are a couple guys that are okay. playing their way into contention for possibly. You know what? I, from what I've seen from those guys, and if you're talking David Ajabo at nine that Michigan edge. Yeah. These guys have my attention. If if David Ajabo is good enough to go number 9, these guys have my attention.
0: You're traveling home tomorrow. Do you think you'll be home in time for the live stream?
2: I don't think I will unless there's thunderstorms tomorrow. Now I can deal with rain, but if they do if there's lightning tomorrow and they start moving practices around and that type of stuff, I might get out of here. Um, yeah. I've got enough video. There's, there's a phrase I use for people I've managed to say, listen, don't collect so much content that you don't produce any of it. Right. I've got 600 video files that nice. I have to log and turn into. And that's just, you know, yesterday and today. So well, be another 300 tomorrow and tomorrow I'd like to try and focus on, uh, the wide receivers, defensive backs with the quarterbacks, but we'll see if, if I can, sure. cause I got a good solid look at the, the, the trenches today. I feel good about it.
0: Well, we'll look forward to hopefully being able to talk to you again tomorrow. And then if we're not able to, we'll go. We'll look forward to the videos that are going to, some of which will be going up on our YouTube channel, but all of which I'm sure will be going up on Scott's YouTube channel. So make sure you go sub mm-hmm. to Scott's uh, YouTube channel. And uh, appreciate everything you do, my friend. Safe travels back. We'll talk to you soon.
2: Yeah, probably in the next couple of minutes as I start typing in snide comments into the background. So we'll try and catch up. Thanks for your patience, everybody, if we haven't shown your uh, your supers and stars. We'll do our our best to get back to them here uh,
1: shortly. So thank you. All right, buddy. Nice. Appreciate see you later. Um, Question, Chad. What's the opposite of a pancake? Would it be a waffle because that lineman <laughs> yeah. walked back.
0: Very intriguing. Out. That's one of the fun things about going to the Senior Bowl is you get to see these one on ones. Because some people they they don't understand. Like, and I'll admit, I was one of those guys. The first time I covered the Senior Bowl, you fly in on a Monday. All right. Everything starts Tuesday morning. You're at the practices and media and scouts and coaches and NFL. Everything is there. I mean, you'll on one hand on one side, you'll be standing next to, you know, John Dorsey, GM of the Chiefs. And to your right is Adam Schefter. And you're just watching these dudes go one on one. And people go, I don't understand. that. And then everyone flies out before the game. The game's on a Saturday and media and NFL personnel alike. They bounce Thursday night and Friday morning after the last practice that's open to media. So people don't understand it. And even I was naive to that. But, Zach, it's all about those one-on-ones. And then after the one-on-ones, and even during the the practices, you get to kind of hear some of the buzz and talk to, you know, network and whatnot. It's really, really fun. Sebastian, thank you for the super chat, buddy. He says, what's up, y'all? Hope all is well. Let's go, Denver. Indeed, my friend. Let's go. Maybe Maybe next year, Zach, you and I need to meet up and do a senior bowl.
1: Yeah, but I'm excited for the Combine and uh, the draft. Not to give anything away, but we have some other things in the works. So a lot of good content, you know, up close and personal coming to and from MHH.
0: Oh, baby, Miguel. I know you probably want to stick to the Senior Bowl, but if the bribe stuff with Brian Flores is true, do you see the NFL going to a lottery draft? No, no. The NFL is not going to move and shake the foundations over, even if it's absolutely true um over one dumb owner that was dumb enough to a offer it b kind of get caught offering it uh the brian flores stuff look there's there's a lot of merit to his uh, complaints from a macro scale in terms of you know how how much do teams really try to honor the Rooney rule how much of that is just you know trying to basically check in a box on, on a mandated league That's all up for debate. I'm not trying to question any of that with the Broncos. That whole thing with the Broncos to me smacked of sour grapes to accuse the Denver Broncos of discrimination hot on the heels of them hiring as their 17th head coach ever, a black man, Vance Joseph, it rings hollow. But here's the thing about why people immediately across the media landscape just believe Brian Flores on the surface And that's, and listen, I'm not saying he's a liar, but here's what it, something to consider, Zach, all right? And and, uh, something to consider, all right, when uh, the greatest liars in the world, all right, one of the ways that they're able to so effectively gain that trust and persuade you is they will embed within that tall tale one kernel of truth. And that kernel of truth will resonate, thus making you believe the whole thing. What's that kernel of truth in the Bronco? Um, accusations, allegations. John Elway's a known drinker. These are these are these, this is out there. We know this, right? So for him to embed within his complaint that they showed up late and disheveled as if they were hungover from a night of drinking, it's not hard for people to immediately jump to that conclusion and go, well, that's that adds up. We're talking about John Elway here, so everything else must be true. Just keep that in mind. This will this will play out in court. There will be a discovery process. The Broncos statement, Zach says they have all kinds of evidence and stuff, the notes and this and that to prove that he was a legitimate candidate. Uh, So we'll see how that plays out.
1: I have a lot to say about this. I will say the Rooney rule is a sham and it was always a a masquerading type of, like you said, a a checkbox item, but I think Brian Flores, you mentioned sour grapes. I think that comes in play with not getting the giants job. I think he really wanted that. They went with Brian Dayball, which is not surprising considering who they hired as GM. Um, and, you know, you mentioned Elway's, his his dalliances with drinking and, and uh, substances and this and that. He's He wasn't the, if that's even true, I'm sure he wasn't the first candidate, you know, who saw Elway and Joe Ellis in that manner. And even if they were in that manner, to me, that's not racial discrimination, you know, being hung over for a meeting. I, I think... Um, the only thing worth investigating for the most part, and what they are investigating, the NFL says, is the Stephen Ross pay-to-lose right. bounty. That's ridiculous. It's very on brand for Stephen Ross as well. Uh, if, if that's even true, it's going to be, like you said, a lot of court battles, a lot of legalities at play, and uh, Brian Flores could have coached his last game in the NFL as a result.
0: BNS, a legendary figure in our listening community, our conversational community. Great to see you. He says, uh, good on you, fellas. Just want to say it has been a long time since I have felt so secure with the leadership at GM drafting, hiring, free agent acquisitions, you name it. I'm loving it. Yeah. I mean, I, I agree. George Payton, man, he's on point, this cat. And if you've taken the time to watch the Behind the Broncos or whatever that series is called, where they showcase the, um, you know, what they want you to see in terms of how they came to the decision on Nathaniel Hackett you kind of get to see him uh, as that front office general on one hand, commanding, this is what we're doing. On the other hand, obviously Zach being very open to input from the people he has at trusted positions. And again, to me, that's the mark of a great leader. You know, you lean on the people that you surround yourself with as staff because you trust that you hired them for their expertise. And so use that expertise, you know, use it as a, as a tool and as a, a leg up, so to speak. But yeah, George Payton inspires a lot of confidence.
1: You know, what's another mark of a good leader being bold, being aggressive, taking chances, you know, no guts, no glory. And this year already this off season, Hackett's come in and gotten rid of, you said it yourself at the beginning, got rid of Pat Shermer officially ended his reign as Broncos OC. He got rid of Mike Munchak, a legendary line coach in favor of his own people. And that's a gamble, but it's a gamble worth taking if you believe in yourself and the coaches around you and the players around you. The Broncos absolutely got it right with Nathaniel Hackett. I could not be happier.
0: Uh, we got seven two seven mil in the house, a great superstar in our community. He says is Watson choice number two. I'm sure talking Deshaun Watson as you know go get a veteran is he number two behind aaron rogers
1: no not until those legal situations are taken care of i think number two behind a rod is russell wilson who may not even leave seattle but if deshaun if the situations were resolved even there's always the threat or there's always the worry that you're giving up a bounty and taking on that contract for a player with so much baggage and I don't know that 22 separate allegations could all be false. Put it that way. So that's going to be a hurdle for Deshaun to uh, get, get out of Houston scot-free.
0: Very, very true. Um, okay, let me see what else we got here. Uh, yeah, I see a couple of comments about us w- wanting us to comment on the Broncos being sold. Officially announced yesterday, right before all the Brian Flores drama came out. Um, yes, Indeed. Broncos are being sold. We got a Joe Ellis statement, and then we got a Bolin family statement via press release. It's happening. Robert F. Smith, apparently, Zach, uh, from what his people are telling media, is not in the uh, conversation to bid on the Broncos. But it sounds like sometime between now and the beginning of the 2022 football season, Broncos are going to be sold to the highest bidder.
1: And did you see the cut that the Bolin kids are going to get from the sale. I think it's like I 500 million each or I mean, something like that. And Pat Boland's brother is getting, I think six or 700 million. So you don't have to cry for them. They'll all be okay. It's a new day in Broncos country though. You know, new ownership coming in, new head coach, a relatively new general manager, new quarterback. It's uh it's exciting, but it's also the closing of a legacy of the Pat Boland era. So it's kind of bittersweet as well.
0: Definitely. Doug Raquel. I like the coaches so far. And I agree with Zach long overdue. you. Uh, Clayton, appreciate you. Could the Broncos see a uniform change with new owners? Could they? Uh, I guess it's possible. Hope not. <laughs> but I tell you what, you know, um, uh, the Broncos just need to win some games, dude. Once the Broncos start winning games again, you start seeing jerseys in uh, retail stores that aren't located in Denver. You know, and those those. Right. T- <laughs> Look, man, you walked point. It, When Peyton was here, uh, and even when Tebow was here, frankly, all right, you could be in Tuscaloosa, Alabama, and if you walked into a fans in a in a, in a mall, you're going to see Peyton jerseys hanging. You're going to see a Tebow jersey hanging. If it was 2011, you're going to see a Demarius Thomas jersey, a Von Miller jersey, all right, because you're winning ball games. And it, those same principles, Zach, that apply to when the team does well, individuals get a lot of credit. You get Pro Bowls, you get accolades, and all that. Applies to that whole, you know, um, selling jerseys and merch. This is a long winded way of coming back to the logo thing. The logo thing to me is a team um, who feels like it's in desperate need of a makeover because things aren't going well for them. And honestly, I think the only exception to that was the Denver Broncos when they changed in 97. I mean, I guess they'd had a couple of bad years under Wade Phillips and the way the um, Dan Reeves era ended you know it wasn't great so maybe i i just you know contradicted myself here but it was obviously good luck all of the broncos biggest successes now as an organization have come with that helmet on so i would be stunned if there were any plan to change the the main logo but if they did zach i'd love to see the this is just me i'd love to see the color rush version of the d so this d here on the on the powder blue it's classic. I mean, it's ugly as heck, but I love it. It's a beautiful ugly, in my opinion. I like that D with a with slight darker orange, with the pause with the <laughs> with the darker blue, right with the navy blue. So I don't know. It'd be cool to see, but I don't think it's happening.
1: You know, I I was in the mall around Christmas time, Chad, and uh, I saw a Von Miller jersey on the rack. And it was the clearance rack. That was after he got traded to the Rams. So you make a great point. Even if they would have changed logos, changed jerseys, no one's buying that anyway inside or outside Denver. I happen to think the Broncos have some of the cleanest uniforms in the NFL and all the sports. If they're going to make a change, I'm very partial to this logo. I wear the hat a lot, but I really just, it's so old school. I love the color scheme. If they were to change, that'd be my recommendation.
0: Dave from Georgia says, and thank you for that super chat support, my friend. It sounds like the defensive coordinator will be the guy from the Rams, Um, Ajiro Evero. Yep, is that right. And yep. then Aki Talib says he's the real deal. hashtag Broncos Country. Yeah, I mean Talib, uh, he tells it like it is, unvarnished, right off the cuff. The dude's got some juice, does Evero. And it sounds like the Broncos, so long as they're willing to wait, because you know, two more weeks at the soonest till you could get him in the building, basically, right. Um, because of the Super Bowl. But still, uh, if they're willing, if they were willing to go 18 days, Zach, from the time they canned Fangio to the time they hired Hackett in order to be thorough and ensure they got the, the right guy, I mean, they'll wait for Everall.
1: Yeah, I think he is the guy. And it's worth noting also from the Rams, the next special teams coordinator, according to uh, Mike Clis, could be Dwayne Stukes. I think his name is. Uh, they can't hire either of them, like you said, until after the Super Bowl. I, I do like the Everett hire because you wonder, being a secondary coach, what he can do for the advancement of Patrick Sertan, of Justin Simmons, of Caden uh, Kayla- Stearns, of Jamar Johnson. They have some talent in that secondary, so you'd be getting a great mentor for them as well. But that's the guy. Uh, they haven't really interviewed anyone else for the job, so it's Ever-Ohio's, uh when he's offered it. I like this
0: real quick, and we'll grab Jason from Nathan. Washington filibusters. I like that. Uh, Jason Metz with a very generous super chat. Thank Thank you you so much, my friend. Hey, guys. Been a while. Life and work and such. Catch you guys both here on Facebook. After the lives. Love the direction we are heading. Great to hear, dude. Hey, thank you for the support. Seriously, it helps keep the lights on here. And uh, it means a lot to us. We hope you've been well, big dog.
1: It's something I've been hearing constantly on Twitter in my replies, Chad, is how hopeful and energized Broncos country is about the hack it higher. And it's like, it's so rewarding for the fan base. And I'm so happy for Broncos country, considering what they've been through, specifically in the, in the Vic era, which was the dark period, you know, and it, it never was amounting to much. And that followed the VJ period going with the young guy, energetic guy, offensive guy, what they can do with maybe Aaron Rodgers and the talent they already have. Um, I'm just happy for the fans, and uh, it's a new day and a good day.
0: Michael Ronquillo, I am excited that Clint Kubiak is back with the Denver Broncos. Yeah, dude, it's uh, the Kubiak name endures and abides, just like the dude. If you know, you know the reference. Huero, what's good, big dog? If we can't get Kyle Hamilton, which we can't, trade out of the first, build our stock of picks for next year. We can get what we need in the second. Zach, your thoughts?
1: Well, you might trade out of the first by virtue of a A-Rod trade. Um, I don't know that I would trade out of the first entirely. Um, they already have two seconds and two thirds. I don't think this, the war chest has to grow that much more uh, deeper I would maybe trade back from nine. And, you know, as Scott, Scott talked about with us, you know, trading down maybe to the second round or late first to get a quarterback, not at number nine. That's the route I would go as of right now. But so many things can and will change between now and the draft. Um, but knowing George Payton, he's always looking to compile. So I wouldn't be surprised.
0: Cameron Fletcher, thank you for the stars, big dog. Um, Phil McLaughlin, it says, evening guys. And he has a question here that we weren't able to get while Scott was on camera but you know we could we could throw him back on he wants to know do you who do you feel is the best edge rusher and possible tackle um Scott just answer it dude who's the best edge rusher and tackle in this class
2: well, i answered him here let me get everything back out i've got my tiny little desk in my tiny little room spot. i've got like Boom. this much room this is, on either side of the this is uh, live productions gang so yeah, little little peek behind the inside baseball here. So I, I answered him on there because I, I didn't want it to be too out of context. Uh, so but you know, looking the guys that could be available at nine, I think we can take K- uh Kayvon Thibodeau and Aiden Hutchinson off the board. Now, if Aiden Hutchinson goes out and runs a four eight forty in a in a four five shuttle, he might be available at nine, but it might be one of those that maybe I don't want him at nine if if uh injury problems or anything like that. But Mm -hmm. again if you're talking about george karloftis out of purdue if you're talking about david ajabo out of michigan there's no reason you can't be talking about sam williams um unaffiliated white helmet and uh and jermaine johnson um so those are those are certainly some guys and then we talk about all these guys like oh i don't think he's going to be available well someone's got to be available because we we named 15 names in the top 10. Yeah. All the time, whether it's uh Charles Cross, the offensive tackle from Mississippi State, ike McQuanu, who is the offensive tackle at NC State, I've seen him mock to number one a few times. Evan Neal is about as sure thing a tackle as you can get. Another one. And then you start getting some of these guys that you know, maybe Trevor Penning sneaks up. Um coming out of Northern Iowa, that would be a heck of a pick. I think that'd be a little too high. Yeah. Um, but you know I think the one that that's going to be real interesting to watch is uh Philele from from Minnesota he's at 390. yeah he's he's 6'8 390 and probably needs to be 6'8 360 which would still be huge but when he's going one direction he's elite his change of direction is scary so if you're an edge rusher and you're trying to beat him outside and he knows you're trying to beat him outside, he can, he can take care of you. I don't care how fast you are. He can he can slide step and he can reach. Now, as soon as I give him one of these, a head mm-hmm. fake for those of you listening at home, and fake outside back inside, he, he's gone. He's still going outside. And then the guys are just walking right in. So he's, he's someone to watch as well. But this is – it's going to be – And the reason why last year I said the top of the draft was so much fun. You guys heard me say it a hundred times. If you didn't get your quarterback, you were going to get an exciting prospect. This year is the year, I think, where you want to have a bunch of picks. And I don't think there's that much of a difference between drafting five to ten that there is one to five. The guys that are at the very top of the board, with maybe the exception of Kyle Hamilton, are no more of a sure things than anybody you're going to get at nine or ten. And they're going to cost you about half the money too on on that you know that that logarithmic decay on the reverse exponential curve the guys at the top get real real expensive and i just soon be down a couple notches a little bit and save some money maybe be able to hit some in free agency and the odds are i'm going to get just as good a player my my guess is someone between five and six and ten is going to be every bit as good as the best player that comes out from one to five wouldn't surprise me a bit this year
0: all right, bro. Thank you, Scott. Scott, you're the man. Peace out. All right. Let's see what else we got here, guys. Um, I'm gonna. We got to get out of here a little bit early tonight. It is uh, my 14th wedding anniversary, and uh, you don't want to neglect the misses on a night of nights. Nope. Travis Tarbox wants Malik in the round of uh, second round, Zach, or move up into the late first. I think if you're going to, um, here's the problem. You could either have two first round picks, one of which hopefully you use on Malik Willis and you sacrifice having that fifth year, or you have, you know, one second round pick and then you trade up and you're able to uh, maybe, maybe zero second round picks if you're trading back up into the first round, but then you get the fifth year option. I don't know. I'm not sold on Malik Willis yet. I'm not 100% sold on any of the quarterbacks in this class, which is why there's still something, you know, in the back of my mind, telling me that, you know, George Payton, Nathaniel Hackett, they're going to move mountains to try and get Aaron Rodgers. That's going to happen. All right. In terms of them trying, failing that if it doesn't happen or if green Bay doesn't play ball or whatever, if maybe a rod retires, what we're hearing, I mean, you heard it from Scott and it's not just Scott, but this class is not inspiring anybody. So, Then you devolve back to Drew Locke and you go find this year's version of a Teddy Bridgewater and uh, you play it out. And then next year you might have some better options in the draft quarterback wise, you know, we'll see.
1: And that, You know, that version for this year could could very well be Kirk Cousins. I'm going to throw it out there once more. You bring in Clint Kubiak, you have the Peyton connection from Minnesota. You had Hackett, who faced Kirk Cousins twice a year. I'm just saying, they're going to have a new head coach. The Vikings are Kevin O'Connell, more than likely. He might want his own quarterback. If the Vikings would eat half or more of Cousins' salary, I can see Peyton kicking in a singular first-round pick, if not a second-round pick for Cousin Services, and then they would get the quarterback, a veteran, and maybe draft one in the later rounds. But it's too early to tell with Malik Willis. Right now, considering what he's done in the Senior Bowl with his dual-thread abilities, I don't think he's going to last the second round. There's always going to be a team that takes a chance, that overdrafts, that believes they're getting the next Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen generational quarterback. So as it stands right now, I don't see him slipping, but um, I agree with you, uh, Chad, and also Scott. I'm not touching him at number 9.
0: Andrew Baker, appreciate you, buddy. Says, "Hey, the priests and the deacon, MHH for life." I don't know. In a in a past life, Scott was my boss, so I have a hard time calling him the deacon. You know what I'm saying? Like, I don't know. But I like the path. You know, creatively, you're trying to keep it all in that same world. So. Just come back with with a different one. Let's see what else you got, Big. Dog. He doesn't
1: get a nickname until he gets a huddle up uh, mug, coffee mug. He's still using the Broncos <laughs> for breakfast every show. That's an inside <laughs> joke that we have when we pot together.
0: Um, no, Miguel, we haven't done the raffle. We will do the raffle tomorrow night. We were going to do it tonight, but with having Scott in Mobile and dedicating that much time and talking about those things, we're going to do it tomorrow night. So make sure you're in the in the room with us. I'm sure you will be. Uh, thank you for the. Happy Annie's. I do and, appreciate that. Real moment. quick
1: about the Vikings job. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is actually staying in Michigan. That's what Schefter reported a few minutes before the pod started. So Kevin O'Connell is the leading candidate for Minnesota right now.
0: Who is? Kevin O'Connell. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it, how many teams trying – I mean, it's not easy to think of this off the top of your head, but besides the Denver Broncos, Is there a team that had a failed defensive-minded head coach and then went and hired another defensive-minded head coach in the era of offensive uh, proliferation? I don't think so. Minnesota's going to hire an offensive guy, and Kevin O'Connell makes a lot of sense for that team. And I think, you know, he's a guy that could probably get a lot still out of Kirk Cousins if the Vikings are of a mind to sit on him at least one more year. Uh, But don't sleep on the possibility as a consolation if the Broncos aren't able to get A-Rod. You, as Zach mentioned, you've got that Kubiak Cousins connection now. That's uh, something to monitor.
1: And in Cousins, if you look at the stats and look at the numbers, and that's incredible from Dale speaking in numbers. Uh, Cousins did really well under Clint Kubiak's tutelage last year. So just something to bear in mind as we go along in the off season.
0: By the way, Dale, and thank you so much, bro. You didn't respond to my email. I sent you an email uh, Monday night. Check it out. Um, I'm gonna be on. I'm gonna be on the big Island in March. So I'm trying to remember where you told us you live in Hawaii. Um, But if it's possible to uh, meet up, we should Um, love you, buddy. He says, I'd give a little draft capital to go up a little to get Hamilton. Now, Hamilton safety from uh, Notre Dame. I think. Yes. Otherwise trade down like Zach mentioned the other day and get more picks. I like Caleb Ellaby personally out of the, quarterbacks. Okay. Um man, I just I don't know. He is phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. All right. Hamilton is phenomenal, but you just paid big dollar dollar bills to Justin Simmons and invested two picks in the position. Granted, you know, fifth round picks or yeah, fifth round picks in uh Jamar Johnson and K Kay, uh Caden Stearns. Kareem's probably walking out the door. Wouldn't surprise me if he follows Vic to Minnesota. Um, you do need an, another guy there, but you just started developing. Caden Stearns showed a lot of promise last year, Zach. So I'm not saying no on Hamilton, but I don't think he'd be there. I don't. I don't know about moving up though.
1: Is, is Vic going to Minnesota? Did I miss something? That's uh... uh,
0: just rumors. Rumors.
1: rumors. It's, I haven't heard. That's crazy. Um, mm-hmm. about Hamilton. I don't know. This is the year that you would do it, though. You have two second-round picks. You have two third-round picks. If you want to burn one of those and get your safety of the future, your your cohort to Simmons, then go ahead and, and do it. But they have other fish to fry. I like trading down, as uh, Dale says here, but not out of the first round, as another comment said. I'm going to move down maybe 10 slots if I can, maybe to the late teens, early 20s, stockpile more draft picks, and still get that blue-chip talent, whether it's a quarterback, edge, right tackle, or, uh, or secondary member.
0: Yeah, let me qualify that, guys. Wherever Vic goes is what I really meant to say is probably where you're going to see Kareem Jackson follow. But, Dale, dude, seriously, love you, bro. That's like, is it three nights in a row? Two nights in a row for sure that you've thrown down with authority, and that's why you're on the Mount Rushmore. Love you, bro. Thank you, Dale. All right, guys, we are about out of time. Um, and as D-Dub says, smash the like button, guys. It's a small thing you can do before before you forget and bounce out and go about your lives. It's a small thing you guys can do, liking this video on YouTube and Facebook, to help us in a big, big, big way. Travis no. wants to know thoughts
1: on Marcus Mariota, Zach. No, that's my thoughts. And oh, you can do a lot better, Captain More Token. <laughs> I like your name a lot. <laughs> Kubiak related to Gary, yeah, he is the son of uh, Gary Kubiak, and he is the brother of uh, Klein Kubiak, who you said the other day, Chad, is still yeah. in the Broncos organization. So yeah, he is the son and uh the prodigy of Gary.
0: Former uh former CSU safety as well. Let us not forget Savage Boy Kev on Twitch. Imagine Vic is the defensive coordinator and Shermer as the OC with Urban Meyer as head coach last year. <laughs> man, man. It's like an adult swim skit or something. I'd rather be um,
1: waterboarded than watch that. Dang personally. it. There was one
0: from there was one from Jeremy on Twitch that I saw that the stream jumped it let me see if i can find it real quick and then we'll we'll dip on out of here guys and yeah tomorrow night we'll do the uh raffles
1: chad guess who is interviewing tom mcmahon who josh mcdaniel's (laughs) and the (laughs) the las vegas Raiders. josh mcdaniel's doing josh mcdaniel's things he loved to see it
0: make thy bed and lie in it josh all right cool well guys we're gonna get out of here (laughs) a little bit early tonight Love you. Appreciate you. We'll see you tomorrow night. And I'll pull up Facebook to do
1: our shout outs. Such a poverty franchise, the Raiders are. That was the Huddle Up Podcast, guys. Feel free to follow us on Twitter until tomorrow at Huddle Up Pod. Follow us on our main account at Mile High Huddle. Follow Chad on Twitter at Chad and Jensen. Follow myself at Kelberman NFL. Follow Scott on Twitter at Scout Kennedy. And if you haven't, if you want a beanie or a hat like Chad's wearing, go to HuddleUpPod.com and get your swag on right now. And Facebook.com slash MyLiHuddle, hit that big blue button, and become a supporter today. And also Facebook.com slash MyLiHuddlePod, like that page and follow that page. Guys, if you haven't, go to Apple Podcasts and leave your football priest a five-star review for a chance to win some swag each and every single month. But if you can't do those things, do these three things you see right there. Subscribe, like, and share this video and every video you see on the MHH channel. Helps us grow and reach more Broncos fans, just like just you. Just like
0: you, baby. Love it. All right, here's the shout-outs, and we did kick off a new goal for the month of February. Just like January, if we reach 250K stars, we are going to raffle off a jersey, a Broncos jersey of the winner's choosing. And again, for uh, January, we're we're going to do those raffles tomorrow night, so stay tuned for that. Um, here are the, the f- people who are getting out to an early lead in terms of having the most tickets in that hat. Travis Tarbox tonight. Thank you, big dog. Doug Raquel, Miguel Santistevan, Andrew Baker, Joshua Mize, Rodney Garcia, Phil McLaughlin, Cameron Fletcher, Jr., Clayton Bumgardner, Mike Reno, Tina Fairchild, and Jermaine Daughtry shout out. And then also our super chat superstars. Love you. Max Power, Nathan, Sebastian, 727 Mill, Dave from Georgia, Huero, Jason Metz, and the legendary heavyweight D-Dub, a.k.a. Dale in Hawaii. Love you guys. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow night.
1: Take care. And as always, guys, go Broncos.
2: You've been listening to the Huddle Up Podcast. Join Broncos Country's deep divers at milehighhuddle.com to keep the
0: conversation going.